Today on Stick to Football, we are live at Draft Picks Tap Room on Dolphin Street in Mobile, Alabama. Boys, it's Senior Bowl time. We got a full house tonight. Best crowd we've ever had. I know I'm excited. I know Melo's excited. Connor's excited. Hell of a crowd. Good beers already. It's always good to be back at Draft Picks. This is what, year number three for us here right now, and they're always great to us. Now they got a Papa shot, so a new addition here. We had to move to the front, so yeah. you can watch this show on YouTube. You'll notice we're in a little different area this right. year. We should take bets on which host dominates that pop shot the best. I'll lose. I would lose. It's going to be me. I, you think you win? Yeah. You have a better shot on it? No. Okay. Didn't think so. He already had any oyster tonight. He's not doing shots. Yeah, as that didn't well. go down we'll uh, too well. Right. But I do want to tell you what we're doing this week because we have some plans that have been finalized. So obviously Monday night, you're listening to this Tuesday morning. We're draft picks. Tuesday, we have some special guests stopping by the BR suite. We're going to have uh, Brandon Bean, GM of the Buffalo Bills. We're going to have Thomas Dimitrov, GM of the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to have Brian Kelly, head coach at Notre Dame. Maybe some more friends. We'll be doing this all week on podcast and on YouTube, so check it out. We'll be doing a mock draft. We'll be doing a prospect roundtable where we dig in and talk more about these players as prospects as we see them on the field, guys. I want to start right here, though. I hate Mello for the next two weeks, Connor, and I don't know where you're coming down on this, but I need to find out right now. We got Niners versus Chiefs in the Stick to Football Bowl, in the Super Bowl, in two weeks in Miami, Florida. We will be there doing our show live from Radio Row. Mello will be joining us on Saturday, and we haven't had a fight since he got bigger than me when he was about eight. Tell him what I, happened. He Tell choked me. What he, choked me. <laughs> he actually choked me out. Like, one hand choked me out. But I'm older now. I'm scrappy. And so I think I could take him. But where are you at? Whose side are you on here? Well, shit, I got bad news for you because I'm Team Mello. I'm, I'm ready for Pat Mahomes. This, wow. this is what we do on Stick to Football. Wow. Me and Mello, we always gang up on Matt. Yep. Uh, listen, I think it's this is the perfect Super Bowl, right? I think these are the two best teams. It's exciting to see this Kyle Shanahan run game. Jimmy G doesn't have to throw the football Eight at, times. at this yep. point. Now, I'll tell you what. I, don't, I think the Chiefs are going to sell out against the run and make him throw the football. But this is going to be awesome because this is the passing of the torch of the best player in the NFL in his first Super Bowl. And it's not just me ganging up on you, Matt. It's me really rooting for, honestly, his greatness. And the Chiefs haven't been in the Super Bowl in a very long time. It's good to hear you say it because if I say it, people say, listen, he's a biased homer. But you're right. This is the best player in the NFL going against a pretty good 49ers team. Matt, I'm not mad at you. Because I'm not worried. You can be mad at me because you're worried. I ain't scared. Have you guys okay? set up the official bet yet? We haven't. We've been I've, talking You've bet over a lot dumber shit than this. Like <laughs> right? the Josh Allen tattoo bet. Still hasn't happened, yeah. by the way. Well, sorry to bring it up. Sorry to bring it up. You have to bring it up. I just right sat right. with them at dinner, and, and there was an oyster bet. Basically, Matt had to pay Mello $100 if Mello could eat an oyster. And it did not go down as well as you'd actually right? expect for $100. I knew it was going to be very difficult. It yeah, went down so. like Mahomes with Nick Bosa gets a hold of You don't even believe I think that. this has to be more than money, this bet. Someone suggested a beer-free month. Like, whoever no, loses that's can't drink for a punishment. month. All and right. I already paid for all his shit, so I can't be like, I'll pick up your tab for a month. I do that anyway. And if you lose, like, I'm going to have to drink through my depression. That's the only way I know how. Right? I don't know what we're going to do. I have no other outlet. It'll be fun. I don't know. We'll let the listeners chime in on if what they If the want. Niners went, I'm, no, I'm not going to say this because I'm spitballing and I'll say something inappropriate. So never. If the Niners win, you have to not drink for a month. How about that? And if the Chiefs win, you can pick something. I'll go abstinent for a month. Uh, I don't like it. I don't <laughs> you like, like that. We got a lot of time <laughs> to think time. about that. And obviously we're going to talk about this game a lot. We're going to be down in Miami. Yep. So if you want to come say hi to us that Saturday before the Super Bowl, we're going to have a really big event. We're working on a surprise guest that I know our listeners would love. Pretty good player. And not confirmed yet. 
but I think we do have to talk about why we're down here in Mobile, and that's right. a lot of good football players in town, and every single NFL team is here to watch them. We were talking about a lot today on the trip down here. This is my 10th Senior Bowl, which makes me feel really, really old. This is my fifth. Uh, so it, it's crazy, though, to, to come through town and see how much things have stayed the same and how much things have changed. But one thing that's a constant down here is the, the accumulation of talent. And I think our friend Jim Nagy, who is the sticky guest of the year, has done a great job of getting top-tier players down here. An unfortunate side of the Senior Bowl, and if you're new to this business, you might not realize this, but this does happen every year. Players drop out, guys who get hurt late in the year. And one of the, I'll tell you, my top-ranked player here is uh, Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina. And then you talk about Justin Herbert and Jordan Love, and we'll get to the quarterbacks a little bit later. But I I think for all three of us, one of the top-ranked players on all of our boards would be Christian Fulton, the corner from LSU. We saw him get hurt in the national championship game. A player that we felt all year was better than Greedy Williams. He's going to be a first-round pick. He has officially dropped out due to injury, guys. Which sucks because one of the best things about the Senior Bowl is watching those one-on-one matchups. I was really looking forward to seeing what Christian Fulton can do uh, for a lot of teams in that second part of the first round that need a corner. I think he really could have solidified himself as the number two corner in this class with a good showing at Mobile. Uh, So it sucks that we won't get to see him, but... Just means we have to go back to the film and watch him there. And get ready for the combine. For your team to pick at 31 overall, they might have a shot at Christian. Yeah, when the Chiefs pick at 32. And, and another guy, good. Jeff Gladney. I, I mean, yeah. they're two of the top corners in the class. Obviously, we've had Jeff Akuto. We've written in Inc. for a long time. You know, Paulson Adebo goes back to school. So this tier two of this corner class becomes really interesting because you're not going to see Fulton here. You're not going to see Gladney here. Right. You know, obviously C.J. Henderson, someone you liked for a long time, Mello. It's also he's not going to be here because he's an underclassman, but it's a chance for him to kind of break free and, from the pack. And it's a chance for a guy like Lamar Jackson from Nebraska to show up here. To be here, yes. Amazing size. And we can look at the corner class that's here and be like, I'm not real excited about these guys anymore. I'm actually excited to see Lamar Jackson run. I want to see him move. I want to I see, see, I want see him in the one-on-ones because we do have some speed at receiver here. Uh, and speaking of DBs who have dropped, Ashton Davis from Cal, another guy. Uh, on the other side, Brian Edwards, I, I tweeted tonight, he had a scope done, a minor scope. They feel like he's 85%. You want to be 100 for the combine so you don't risk it. But those are two players that I felt like Brian Edwards has kind of been lost in this receiver class because of the depth. And I've tiered him with a guy who will be here in Brandon Ayuk. And I want to see, okay, who shows up this week? Who impresses me more? Break this tie. Well, Brandon Ayuk's here. Brian Edwards isn't. And I think so we could see a little bit of a tiebreaker going to Arizona State and all. Yeah, and I think so, too. And even Jim Nagy came out and said that he thinks Ayuk's going to be a first-rounder. I don't share that love for Ayuk yet, but maybe this week he'll he'll come around and I'll think he's a first-rounder as well. Well, I think he'll look like one of the more explosive players on the field. Him and Keyshawn Vaughn, probably two of the fastest guys here. There's really no one that should be able to run with those guys. But a lot of Tier 2 wide receivers here on the field, even losing Brian Edwards, somebody that could have declared last year. You have Van Jefferson. You, you yeah. guys have watched a lot of Colin Johnson over the years. And like you two always say, he's been hurt, but when he's on the field, he makes a difference. So I think you, you sort through the wide receivers that are here. It's neck and neck across the board. And those one-on-ones against the DBs down here are going to be under a microscope the entire and, week. And it's going to be fun seeing someone like uh, Juan Jennings from Tennessee who's not fast. But a physical, but physical guy. Chase Claypool, not fast but physical. And then you're going to have Brandon Ayuk, Devin Duvernay. There's going to be a lot of speed at the wide receiver position to be checking out, guys. So it is, it's a good group. We're going to be diving into it all week as we get in. Tomorrow morning, weigh-in is at 7 o'clock. So or as you're early. listening to this, you're probably sleeping right. right. You slept right through it. Just uh, get on Twitter and look for the height and weights if you're into that kind of thing. Or 
do what we do and get an intern. We'll do that for you. Right? right, and they just update that roster right, right there for you. Exactly. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to give you some player predictives, our biggest risers, our biggest sleepers. We're going to talk quarterbacks. We'll be back right after this. Draft Picks, Tap Room, live in Mobile, Alabama. We are back on Six Football Live at Draft Picks Tap Room in Mobile, Alabama. I was talking to the manager earlier, and he was like, you guys got to come back down for St. Patty's Day down here. Apparently, it's like a three-day just alcoholic festival. We've done St. Patty's in Nashville. St. Patty's in Mobile, though. You're going to have to talk me out of Nashville. It's going to be a hard sell. Yeah. You've done I mean, you haven't done Patty's Day. No, Patty's Day in Jersey. What's it like like in Jersey? It's fun. Is it just There's plenty of Irish degenerates like me that like to go (laughs) out from 11 a.m. till you fall asleep. So. (laughs) Happens. Biggest disappointment of my life was when we realized, like, we're not as Irish as we thought our whole lives. I mean, we're still like a quarter. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks to our sponsor, yeah. Ancestry. Thank you to Ancestry. <laughs> Use code STF. Uh, I don't think it that will, still works anymore. It will anymore. change your life. But I do want to, guys. We do this every year, Mo- Monday Night in Mobile. We talk about guys we want to watch. So some player predictives. Let's start here. I want you to blind review the week for me, which is Melo's specialty. At the end of the week, who will your biggest riser be from the Senior Bowl? I think mine is probably going to be Bradley and I from Utah. I really like what he can do, and I like defensive linemen. They can really come showcase their skills here, maybe beat up on some lesser tackle talent that's at the Senior Bowl this year. So I really think that Bradley and I from Utah, the edge rusher, he's got a whole toolbox of pass rush moves. And power. He's going to be the guy, I think, that rises up the board the most. Yeah, I thought he was their most consistent defensive player on a roster that had a lot of talent. So, I mean, double-digit sack player, he showed up every single week week against some pretty good tackles but for me I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball I'm going with Van Jefferson I think he didn't get you know all the help he needed at Florida from the quarterback a lot I think he has strong hands and really good routes and if you have those two things as a wide receiver you're going to find a place at the next level so for Van Jefferson sure he's not going to run by all the corners here but I think he's tougher than a lot of them I think he's stronger than a lot of them and he's somebody also that should go off in this game assuming the quarterback plays up to par I feel like I could go I can listen like I'm looking at this list I like tremoring like players, I just want right? to go off right now I mean no I mean like yeah we should have some honorable mentions because it's that kind of class I'm going to I'm going to take a cheat and an obvious one and I think Jordan Love leaves here quarterback 3 I hope he oh I hope he does because behind, behind Tua behind Burrow so you think this is his chance to pass Herbert officially? If everything we've heard about Herbert for three years is true, I don't know if this is his event. I do like that he's coming down here, though, and he's saying yeah. enough of the bullshit said about me. I can, you know, prove it. And you I don't, don't have, have to, to get to a third read in seven on seven. Yes. So well, in a couple of years ago, we saw Baker Mayfield down here, and we saw how players just swarmed to him. I think Jordan Love's going to have a lot of that, too. I think Justin Herbert's going to be very standoffish. He's not going to be that alpha dog in the locker room. I think Jordan Love is going to have that, and I think players will respond to it, whereas Justin Herbert, probably going to be a little quiet, a little standoffish. A little like Josh Allen, like Joshua. Then. Right, and it probably will hurt him. So I'm, I hate to agree with you all the time, Matt, but I do think that after the Senior Bowl, even though I don't like Jordan Love, I do think he'll be quarterback three. Here's one that I think is a little under the radar. Courtney Davis, wide receiver from Texas A&M. A&M had four underclassmen declare. We've spent a lot of time talking about those guys and not so much about Davis, who has exceptional speed. And I remember last year watching Scary Terry with you guys up in the box and be like, this guy's really, really good. Like, he can stretch the field. We just didn't see it at Ohio State. We saw it down here. I think Courtney Davis is one of those guys where we might see that Kellen Mond and that There's always a slot back. receiver. 
Always a slot right. receiver here that brings something to the table. Uh, Hamilton the year before, you notice those route runner guys, they can really show up and dominate against some corners. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get a lot of chances at one-on-ones. And if you run good routes and you catch the ball, this is a place for you to showcase the ability. But back to the quarterback situation, I mean, Jordan Love didn't play with any players that are, are the caliber of the guys here. No. That's why this is different for him. There's not going to be the drops. Obviously, we've talked about the two Jordan Loves, 2018, 2019. Well, which one are we going to get down here? And if it's anything close to the 2018 version, like Matt said, he's going to walk out of here probably top which 10. Which is a lot like throwing in jorts. Yes, like just throwing in no, jorts. It's a lot like Josh Allen, and then it's like Daniel Jones. Where Daniel Jones, Duke led the nation in drops last year. He comes down here. Blows Dave Gettleman's and he, mind. And he was okay. One great, but he was okay. He was okay. Yeah. But Dave Gettleman saw enough and said, listen, that's my guy. That yeah. can easily happen with Jordan Love. And, and I kind of want to stay in the quarterback group just to close that bubble. Jalen Hurts, all the eyes are going to be on Jalen Hurts down here. And I think his stock has been all over the place. You know, obviously a lot of people for a long time saw him as a day, late day three player. Felt like at Oklahoma this year he transformed into a day two player. Matt, what is your read just around the league on Jalen Hurts and, yeah. and what he has to gain here? Because we've seen a lot of him, right. as some people love to tell you. Right. But what can he gain here? I think, uh, so my read on him is that he is a day three player. I, I know there were some midseason hype guys, but my read is that he is still viewed as a day three player. What does he have to gain here? I, I've talked to you guys a lot about who is Jalen Hurts. And, and he's wearing both logos on the helmet, which is so fitting. Are we getting Alabama Jalen Hurts, who couldn't complete a pass? and got benched in the national championship game? Or are we getting Oklahoma Jalen Hurts, who looked more refined as a passer until late in the year when I thought teams really started to jump on some of his deficiencies? So I'm going to be looking at things like mechanics because he was very stiff at Alabama, much looser at Oklahoma. It wasn't that long ago where we were running into scouts that were still saying, I don't know if he's a quarterback in the NFL. It was not that long ago. I'm talking like November, late October, running into guys that still say maybe he should play running back. So I think he has a lot to prove here in Mobile with every team watching. It's a really good stage. And we've we've heard for years about the character, the leadership is good, the work ethic. You know, he's humble. I I think this is a, a big opportunity for him to answer a lot of those questions. But, you know, he's not seen as a Justin Herbert or Jordan Love but he might be the third best quarterback here, and he's helping them sell out the Senior Bowl, which is really huge. So I think that's good for him. And one thing I did want to ask you guys, we're kind of jumping ahead here, but if you had to pick a quarterback, if you're a GM, fictional team, and you got to pick a quarterback from the Senior Bowl this year to be your franchise guy, who are you taking? I'm going to roll with Jordan Love right now. And it's tough to answer that because I think him and Herbert have so many question marks still, which is crazy at this point of the process. But yeah. I look at Jordan Love and I say, I look at the guy we saw in 2018 and you go, how can we get that guy back? And the number one thing is put some decent players around the guy. And the game just needs to slow down for him. And and there's been, you look at the quarterbacks that have come into the league that the game has started to slow down for. Mahomes sat for a year. He's an outlier because he's all world. But even Josh Allen took some really nice steps this year. Lamar Jackson took astronomical leaps this year. Guys are falling with good coaching staffs and growing. And I have no concerns about Jordan Love's traits. So no. if he gets that opportunity yeah. to grow under the right staff, that's the guy I And Justin with. Herbert just reminds me of every quarterback that we've seen bust in the first round. It's like, oh, well, he's big, tall, a little bit of a strong arm, but then he just can't put it together at the next level. And, and Jordan Love scares me because he does have all the traits. And if I come in low on him, this guy might be an MVP in the NFL. With that arm, his athleticism, he really could dominate. With a year to grow on another team, he could be very good landing in the right situation. I started doing draft 400 work this week, 
and I was texting, you know, to get the scouts quotes. And I was like, who is Justin Herbert? And a scout said to me, he is either Jake Locker or he's Josh Allen. But they thought Josh Allen was his ceiling. Yeah, that's not what you want to hear for a top 10 And pick. I like it's Josh Allen. Not. That's my dude, but he's not a pure passer. It's right. just not when you, what you want to hear from a top 10 pick, and I think that's what it's going to boil down to for Justin Herbert. Another thing, though, that none of us in this room will get to see this week is how does he interview? Right. And, you know, we'll hear about that after the fact, but that's going to be the biggest question for him as well. And we don't want to make this the Justin Herbert show, but let's be real. If there's anyone down here with maybe the most to gain or, it's most him. importantly, yes. the most to lose, it's him. Yeah. Well, and let's build off that. A little category here from the Missouri boys. Your show me player. Who's the one guy that you're like, please show me something this week. I like you. I, I want that that reason maybe to bump you up. And I'll give you my example. My example is Zach Bond at Wisconsin. I get questions a lot of time like, where's this guy play? He's kind of small, like 6'1", 235, but he does a little bit of everything. Zach Bond's the guy. Like, I want to see him whip ass in pass rushing drills. I want to see him in coverage drills. Because I really think he could be a starter as a rookie. And, and it's like, is he Hassan Reddick? Is he Anthony Barr? Who is Zach Bond? I think this week will help us figure that out. I think for me, it's the guy we had on the show recently, and that's Kenny Willekes. Because we really like Kenny Willekes. It's a little crazy to me, and I'll bring it up to Jim. I love asking Jim these things. I thought that was a late invite for him for a player that had 10 and a half sacks this year, that yeah. had, I think, eight the year before. I know he had a really slow start. And honestly, Jim takes feedback from who do the scouts want to see. Without but I watched Kenny Willekes those last five games where he had six and a half sacks. He can get after the quarterback. He plays hard as hell. And you know what you're getting as soon right. as he steps in your locker room. So I want to see Kenny have a good week because I believe he's a good player. Yeah. And I'm going to go with the center position, Nick Harris. A lot of people Chief's have been talking about Nick Harris. <laughs> but those interior linemen can get a big rise yep. after this week. Uh, he could go from being a second, third-round guy to late first with a good showing here. So I want to see more of him, what he can do against some of this interior pass rush like a Javon Kinlaw who is down here, who is Nick Harris? Is he, you know, center two in this class? Is he a first rounder? So he's kind of the guy that show me something. I want to watch you this week. Well, I would say Josh Jones is another one for me because we saw last year Andre Dillard, Titus Howard as an offensive tackle. Hell, I remember Eric Fisher becoming the number one overall pick in the draft down yep. here. So as an offensive tackle, I think Josh Jones has a chance to maybe get into round one with a pretty good week here. All right, guys, that is it for segment two. We'll take a break at Draft Picks Mobile Alabama. When we come back, your draft on draft questions. Welcome back to our favorite bar in the world, Draft Picks Tap Room in Mobile, Alabama. We're going to do two segments of draft on draft questions. Turnout here is amazing. Don't forget, we'll be back Wednesday night at 730. Same spot, doing the same, not the same show, but we'll be doing our show. Our same guy, title. Our guy, Big Country, has the line ready. Let's kick this off, draft on draft. Our guy, Tyler Fornes on the mic. Guys, it's great to be here. Um, so one of the questions I have is about uh, one of Connor's guys, one of my guys, Van Jefferson. One of the issues he has, he doesn't have a lot of film. He was in uh, two really good wide receiver rooms, and he doesn't have a ton of production. But obviously when you see his production, he does flash some, some stuff on film. How do you balance the lack of actual playing time at two good universities in Florida Ole Miss versus uh, his traits and how do you balance that out? I, I think the hard thing, Tyler, is is figuring out why. Like, you know, we we ran into it last year with DK Metcalf. Okay, you have like eight games. How do we evaluate this? And so, n number one, we always talk about putting player in a bubble and evaluate him just as him. 
And so with Van Jefferson, it's trying to have those connections where you can say, okay, why didn't this guy get more production? Why wasn't he on the field more? Whether it was transfers, you know, the time off the field. But then, then you want to get into when he did have production, what did it look like? And, and we talk about this with quarterbacks. You might have to watch three games to see 30 NFL-type throws. With Van Jefferson, it's how many games do you just have to get through to see that catalog? That's why I think this week is big because we're going to see the athleticism. You're going to see the route tree. He's going to be asked to do a lot of things that might make him uncomfortable. And I, I think with him, you just heard us talk about Jordan Love not having a support system. I think with Van Jefferson, you almost have that argument of like, okay, well, he didn't have a lot getting him the football. No disrespect to new Arkansas Razorback Felipe Franks. but so We don't I, talk about him. I, I think he's, like, he's intriguing. I know Connor really likes him, but... I think that's why the Senior Bowl exists, is so guys like that can display their talent. That's why we preach about the Senior Bowl. It's not so much the fact that we're here. It's so you can get a good look at a guy like a Van Jefferson who didn't get to on the field at Florida or Ole Miss before. So now, Braxton Miller? Right. Now you can like, put him in here with, against good corner play and really figure out who he is. These other guys that are sitting out or not coming or are injured, they can't do that. And you lose that momentum uh, like Terry McLaurin last year. Came here, tore it up. Everybody was talking about it, or at least we were, and then everybody else was too. Oh, it was because what we wow. saw on the field. I was fed up. Boom. I just think you look at the player and you watch. You know, obviously the key reps under a microscope. You watch him against LSU, the two touchdowns, especially one against Derek Stingley. Which is hard and to do. It's just hard to do. And, yeah. and you go, okay. Well, the opportunity when the opportunity was on the table. The guy ate. So the question is, you know, why weren't those opportunities always on the table? I do relate some of it to the offense. And I'm and the fact that he got an invite here shows you that over a guy like Tyler Johnson, I just don't mean to just keep doing this, but I'm saying NFL scouts want to see him. And mind you, this is a player where his dad is a coach in the NFL. Right. That does mean something. something. So teams are very curious, and I know he does have a lot of fans in the league. Yep. Well, now, follow-up, how much of that has to do with Dan Mullen? Because he loves rotating his skill guys out. And then kind of the same thing with Michael Pirine. He didn't get a lot of touches, but when he did, he did eat. Well, I think those are two different players. And I'll tell you just from, like, conversations with teams, teams like Van Jefferson, teams don't really like Pirine. So some of that does come down to, like Connor said, when you had reps, what did you do with them? What type of profile are you putting on the field for us? And we've seen that with a lot of guys in the past, like pass rushers especially. It's like... Caleb on Chase on this year. He doesn't have a lot of sacks. He had three this year. But we're able to look at just more than his production to see the type of player you're getting. Appreciate it, guys. Yep, go Niners. There we go. Go Niners. There we go. Team Matt. All right, guys. I'm uh, Mike Kernishan or Mike Spencer WNS, uh, all the way from Toronto. Love uh, that. Canadian. Welcome, right? Yep. Uh, so two quick questions. Uh, first one, as someone that covers the, the Big Ten, what, uh, what Big Ten player are you guys each looking most forward to or has the most to gain? And as a California Golden Bears fan, how can my guy, if with a good week, how high can my guy Evan Weaver get? Yeah, well, I think Big Ten. I'm really excited for the Michigan players, and I know Ohio State has, you know, Austin Mack gets picked up, but I'm really excited for Michigan. Um, I, this it's kind of funny because we were talking about Van Jefferson of Florida. Like, I feel like the Michigan guys just didn't have a lot of opportunities, and so even Shea with, Patterson has a tendency to do that. Well, and and he's here, and you know what? Shea has a chance to. I don't think he can redeem himself this week, but like. Can you throw a fucking completion? Like, I would love Maybe? to just see that. I feel bad for the receivers, but I'm excited for Josh Uche. I'm excited for Ben Bredesen. Like, Michigan has some players. I, I'm, I think both those guys, you can look at them and be like, God, you were, like, you were really good players. And so getting them out of that system a little bit, seeing what they do this week in a pro scheme is going to be really big. I love Jim Nagy. I feel like he's one of my best friends in the world. I still don't know how Shea Patterson got an invite over Nate Stanley, but I don't have tickets to sell this week. And I love Jim, so I'm going to let him do his job. 
I'm going to take the Wisconsin guy I thought you were going to take, Zach Bond. I want to see what he is. Uh, is he a weak side linebacker, strong side edge? What is he? How does he move? What's he weigh in at? So a guy that I'm watching is definitely going to be him. And to see how NFL teams use him early on. Uh, I is he on the Lions squad? I'll have to look at the yeah. roster. But is, how are yeah. they going to use Lions. him in that defense? Because I think that they're going to share an opinion with the other 31 teams of this is what we view him as. This is how we're going to use him. It's not every day you get to make Malik Zaire laugh at jokes about Michigan quarterbacks. So glad we were able to pull that off. I think for me, I'm going to go back to Kenny Willekes because if I said anyone else, I'd be lying. I do want to watch him this week, and I want to see how is he going to look against some of these top offensive linemen. But more importantly, to answer your question about Evan Weaver, I mean, we got to go out and, and right. see him in a great game against Stanford. I think all three of us say to say we really like Evan Weaver. I think the instincts are incredible. Obviously, the guy was a tackling machine. Football IQ is great. One great. of the most productive linebackers ever in college exactly. football. Exactly. Obviously, the heart and soul, one of the leaders of that team. So, I like Evan Weaver a lot. I have him locked into day two. And if somebody ended up taking him early round three, late round two after this week, I wouldn't even be I that shy. That's what because everyone wants. He's kind of a weird body. Yeah. So, and I've seen him in, in person once, but and like, he moved get, pretty well that game. Yeah. So, is there coverage more? coverage drills are going to be really, really big for him. So, I, I think that's with Evan. Like, you're getting behind now a really good linebacker class. You know, with Patrick Queen in, Melo's guy, Malik Harrison. And there's like, guys here that can run. I mean, yep. Akeem davis there from, from yeah App State. I mean, yep. there are guys here that can run. So this is a good stage for him to compare side by side. Richie Bradshaw is not passed out yet on the bar, so let's let him We've ask a question. we got to get him a question yeah. before, 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 before it's too late. Right. It's almost nap time, Richie. I'm only one drink in so far. Good job. Right. Pacing, pacing. pacing. It's a marathon yes. down here in Mobile. Exactly. The legend is here. That's all that matters. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's in his head now. A little bit. All right, I got to ask you. I wanted to ask about the tight ends. My Arizona State blood's feeling right now, though. There's there's four guys in this class between Ruggs, Higgins, Judy, and Lamb that seem like the consensus top four. How high can Ayuk leave? Jim Nagy thinks he can go late first round. I mean, yeah. and says the teams have him higher than Nikhil Harry, who went. 32nd last year. Mellow's so, wide receiver. I, yeah, right? I mean, I disagree yeah. with it. But uh, Love Jim to death, but I don't know. This is such a deep receiver class. To go in the first round, you have to be like a top six, top seven but, receiver. I mean, you have to jump LaVisca Chenault, K.J. Hamler, wherever you stand on Jalen Rieger. I, I think Higgins is locked into the top 20. So I like Ayuk. I'm excited to see how is he different than some of the – I don't want to call them gadget receivers, but some of those kind of guys, like a LaVisca Shainall, who we've seen do a, a million different things at Colorado, and, and I think that's a huge part of it is where is he at as a route runner, how are the different ways I can give him the ball, because I've, I've seen dudes come down here and be like, oh, shit, look at the agility. You do a ton of different things, and they never get on the field in the NFL. So I think for Ayuk, it's we know you're explosive. You're going to be a low 4-4 guy, but how do you distance yourself from all the juniors who are – exceptionally talented. I don't personally think he can enter that. He's not going to be a top six receiver for me. And like Melo said, to, to see seven or eight receivers drafted in the first round would be historic. And no matter how good this class is, let's say three to four quarterbacks are going to go first round. Three offensive tackles are. Three to four edges. Three to four corners. You run out of picks to have guys be first rounders. Yeah, you I think get some sneaky running backs. I actually backs. saw Daniel Jeremiah say something today, and I wanted, like I thought, oh, I should tweet and expand on that. But it's like it's easy to slot guys and be like, oh, he's a top 50 player. When you actually slot 50 players, I do this all the time. I end up with like 70 guys who I think should be top 50. So it's with Ayuk, like, oh, he's a first round player. There's only 32 of those, and, and I don't think he fits in that. Gotcha. Thanks, guys. 
Who's he? What's your name and where are you from? <laughs> My name is... So, it's Andrew Harbaugh. We all know who I am, right? Um... The egos on these guys this year. Second year at You give them a little bit of attention, and they right? think they're the Jeez, fucking star. I've got to run with it. It's the Dan Barnes and me coming out. Um, I don't want to hear about that. First off, Pat doesn't know I was going to do this. Shout out to Pat. He lost his family dog yesterday. So, Chamberlain? <laughs> we, and we love Pat. We Great listener. Exactly. So I had to. Um, no, I already heard the name mentioned, but this is more of a fun question, not even Senior Bowl related. You have to have one receiver as your number one for the length of the rookie contract. Jalen Rager or Ty- Tyler Johnson? Oh, Jalen Rager. Yeah. I, I, don't, yeah, I knew that answer, you but I want everyone else to but, but to give you a real answer, he's just a more explosive player. I know he's a, re- he's a smaller guy. He's definitely – Yeah, you pick two receivers who drop the ball a lot. That's you can thing. find a scheme for speed. You can put yeah. speed in any yeah. scheme. I don't know if you can say that about Tyler Johnson. I think th- you look at the league too. I mean, you could watch both of these guys' favorite teams – they're looking for targets, and even the Titans. Guys with the ball in their hands that make plays, that make life in their quarterback easier. We saw it with A.J. Brown for Tennessee right. a lot. You see it with Miko Hardman and Tyreek Hill nonstop. Sammy Watkins. I think when you look at Rieger, the one thing I really do like is when he has the ball in his hands, it's, you know, look out. If you can kind get of him the ball. Yeah, I'm not He's the never biggest with fan. A good quarterback. Exactly. But I still love what he can do on manufactured touches. I think there was like a perception that I didn't like him, and it was kind of like we were just saying – uh, on the previous question, it's just so hard with the receiver class. Like, oh, you hate Jalen Rieger. Now he's like my eighth receiver. It's just in a normal Who, draft a class, normal he'd be year. a lot higher. Right. But that's probably like a high like, second. If pick. I could have Henry Ruggs or Jalen Rieger, I want Henry Ruggs. Like, or if I could have KJ Hamler. But yep. to, yeah, to answer so your question, that is like the easiest question probably ever. Oh, I know it is. I just want everybody else. To know. Yeah. Okay. Thanks good. for the layup. Love you, Harville. Let's do one more and take a break. Yep. We got a line forming. Hey y'all, so hear me? So I'm Kevin, KP196. Uh, my cat has listened to the last probably 100 episodes. She's a huge fan, and she's a huge Detroit Lions fan. Can you tell her anything good the Lions are doing? Uh, first off, get a dog. <laughs> that's our, that's our <laughs> staple of this Let's podcast. Start there. And then after the cat talk, I kind of zoned out. Uh, Lions. What so are the Lions cat? doing good? Uh, I think that they could be in a position to move. Uh, this pick, I not think the we, team. They're staying in Detroit. <laughs> right. They're staying in Detroit. Get out of that shithole in Detroit. But wow. I think they probably move off that number three pick, which means they're getting some picks in return. Right. I think a lot of teams are going to be excited to probably move up for a quarterback, and that's the pick to do. Well, we've talked all week about the Titans move back. You know, the the, the trade back allowed them to build this team and i think you can even look at our two teams you know the chiefs trade back to take chris jones how much that helped them you know and and trading for frank clark Wait, did you say your two teams like your, i said our two teams your okay. our two teams traded with I'm each with other when Clarify. chris jones got drafted so i can't wait till your team loses uh so we're seeing a lot of teams be able to build and reload quickly through trade backs uh, the biggest question I have is what Matthew Stafford's back looks like because – and everybody's like, they should just draft Tua. So you want us to replace our quarterback with a bad back with a quarterback with a bad hip. Like, that's just terrifying to me. I think the trade back is the best scenario. 
I think so, too. And just to put one on the table for you, I mean, Miami's sitting there at five. Everybody knows that they want to a tongue of Iloa. They got two second-round picks. It, the Lions go from three to five. You're still coming out of this draft with a guy like Jeff Okuda or whoever the hell you want. That's Probably really, the guy who's on top of your board. Top of your board and two extra second-round picks. Look what the Titans did with extra second-round picks when they moved out of the number one pick, the Jared Goff deal. I mean, they got Derrick Henry in that. They got a lot of players, a lot of pieces. Some worked out, some didn't. But for, you're looking for Detroit – Listen, if this team doesn't make the playoffs after next year, it's probably going to be a cleaning house situation. I do think it's a place that can lure in a good head coaching candidate. That's something to be positive about. If that head coaching candidate comes in where there's even more young players from young capital, that's something they should be looking forward to. Thanks, y'all. Oh, and by the way, her favorite co-host is Mello. The one that said wow. get a dog. Not that I don't disagree. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, Cody up? Manning for Blitzalytics. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but if the Bucks were to move on from Jameis, there were some rumors floated around today that they would get Phillip Rivers and then draft Jacob Eason. I was just curious of your thoughts on if that were to happen and Eason's fit in Bruce Arians' offense. I actually I haven't seen that, and so I don't. I'm not meaning to be disrespectful to whoever reported that. I'm, I, if it was Adam Schefter, Adam, I'm sorry. That feels like a lot of dot connecting to me. I don't know why Philip Rivers would be attracted to the Buccaneers job necessarily. He's not like an Arians fit at quarterback. That's where right. my question is. That's, yeah, that's what I meant. Like he's Eason, not a fit. 100%. Yeah, that makes sense. And Rivers has Maybe been very vocal with the Chargers about you're not drafting my replacement. I'm not sticking around for that shit. I just don't know. Like if Phil's going to go anywhere, he's from Alabama. The Titans make some sense geographically. I just don't know why you would like why Tampa Bay the Panthers like, would make more sense. I don't, I don't. I don't get the scheme fit. I don't get the geography fit. It could happen, absolutely. But do I would you, be surprised. Do you think the because he did permanently move his family to Florida? Do you think that's any connection at all? Or it, it could be. I actually had not heard that. Um, I, last I knew, he was commuting from San Diego, still in his gigantic bus. So yeah, I mean that could definitely factor in. As far as Jacob Eason goes. I think it's way too early in the process to be like, and that could happen, right? That could definitely happen. But I think it's too early to be like, we're going to sign Philip Rivers, draft Jacob Easton at 13, and like that's our quarterback plan or second round. I, I think that that's um, – it is a lot of dot connecting, which could come true, but it feels premature. Okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Cody. Let's thanks, take Cody. a break. We come back. We're going to get to the rest of this line, big country doing awful crowd control. But we'll be back right after this. Draft on Draft continues with our guy – Roy. How's it going? Roy Kunchman from Blitzalytics. That's a great name, by the way. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I get compliments on it. I'm all glad the time. you have a southern accent. Because if you uh, didn't, I'd be like, dude, change your I'm fucking name. I'm actually from southwestern PA, so a uh, little out of the box here. So, 14 okay. hour well, drive I like the down curveball. here. Whoa. But <laughs> yeah. wow. uh, my question was after last year, the coaching staff selected so many players that were involved in this game at Mobile. Name me one player for each one of the coaching staffs that they could become enamored with and that they might select from these pool players. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to look at the roster. Yeah, you go for it. I'll be honest. I don't have it memorized. With the Bengals, I would have said Joe Burrow, uh, but Joe decided not (laughs) to. That would have been a layup. (laughs) I think with the Lions, like one thing we talk about a lot for them is they need to start getting younger on defense. You know, And unfortunately, a lot of the corners have, have dropped out. I like Terrell Burgess from Utah a lot. And then they need an edge opposite Trey Flowers or an interior D lineman. They just did not get a lot of production there. One of my favorite players in the draft, actually, Neville Gallimore. And I hate to say that as a Texas fan because he's fuck OU. But Neville Gallimore is a good player. And I don't think he's around one target at at three for Detroit, obviously. But when when they come back around, I think Neville Gallimore is a, a potential top 50 player. So that would be my Lions pick. 
I forgot about the Bengals. I'll get to that. <laughs> right. Uh, well, they're both tough because their first round picks are so early. Where right. if Derek right. Brown was here, you'd sit there and go, "Well, okay, Derek Brown got easily." Yeah, so, yeah, it would have so. been easy. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Bengals at thirty-three have to think about receiver. AJ Green's a free agent. Tyler Boyd. How about a Mims? A really good Denzel player. Mims, a big freaky. For me, that's you know, early like, for Mims, but. Maybe that's IU. IU does make sense there. Yeah, Mims is on the other roster. Um, you know, tight end. I really like Jared Pinkney a lot. So I think with the Bengals, it's you're going to bring in Joe Burrow. You got Zach Taylor, and we we saw the Rams do this where Amen. Zach was. You got Jared Goff, and then holy shit, we're going to overload everything we do to get him targets. With Jonah Williams coming back, they they signed Trey Hopkins. I think the Bengals are in a really good position to go offense here at 33. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, <laughs> Mel's like, yeah. Well, I do think they have to go receiver. They're not going to go running back. And you're looking at the rest of the guys for the senior bowl. It really hasn't shaken out yet to figure out where guys are going to be slotted. It's really easy to say, oh, they should target this receiver because receiver's loaded. But other than that, I, I'm still figuring out team needs for both of these guys, for the Lions and the Bengals. So it's it's a little early for me to say. I'll tell you one sneaky one uh, that I'm excited to watch here is Antonio Gibson from Memphis because I think he can be a yeah. player that – was almost put in the wrong spot, a wide receiver for a while, and then you look at him at running back, and you go, shit, he could really play yeah, running he's, back. he's a unique talent. And you know teams love to take those kind of running backs round six, seven. Next thing you know, everyone's starting them in fantasy football week 12, yes, week 13. Next so, thing you know, they're Austin Eckler. Exactly. Right. And you look at Gibson, somebody who played wide receiver, can catch the ball, can clearly run the ball. I think he's somebody that coaches are really going to like his versatility. How does Memphis keep doing this? Because that, that Patrick Taylor this year as well, yeah, they had crazy. two guys last they, year. They yes. 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 Who yeah. I would say over Achieve from his draft slot with the Cowboys. Yes, sir. Very much. Thank you, fellas. Very much. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Roy. Thanks for having us. I'm going to change my last name to Countryman. That's a good, strong name. It is. Hey, it's uh, your friend Sports Crunch here, and I have with a, a question. Got a question uh, <laughs> pertaining to a certain somebody named Javon Kinlaw. Um, he really inspired a lot of us tonight at his uh, press conference. Uh, if he has a, a great week here and tests as freakishly at the combine as some expect him to, would you be surprised if he was a top 10 pick? I'm sorry. I got really distracted just Real now. Real distracted. Uh, I would not be surprised Speaking if he had a great tins. week here. If, if he had a great week here, I would not be shocked, no, honestly. I, think like, I have him at 12 overall now, right now. I, I will say 13, yeah. you have yeah. to wonder, though, about, number one, Derek Brown's going to probably be slotted over him for a lot of teams. That's going to be a big problem. And, if, and I think just the positional value, all those tackles are going to get thrown into the top 10. All those quarterbacks are going to get thrown into the top 10. So, Surprise, yeah. yes, but shocking, no, because he's a really good player that should own this week, to be honest. Well, with I think you. there are enough teams like if Tampa doesn't go quarterback, they could go D tackle. If Carolina doesn't go quarterback, they could go D tackle. Who knows what the fuck the Cardinals will do, but they could go D tackle. So I think there are enough teams. I mean, the, the Jets could go D tackle at 11. Enough. We just never know Please what's going to happen not with even. that team. So, <laughs> Don't put that know? evil on I mean, the Giants <laughs> might. The Giants might. So, sure, that's uh, fine. They do need a pass yeah. rusher. Yeah. Some might so, as well. Right. No, I think, I think Ken Lock go top 10. I, I love the Champ Bailey respect there. Better than Deion Sanders. I'm not being serious. He's no one believes you. <laughs> yeah, right? The Champ Bailey guy doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, you're hey, no. Hello. Long right time, now. first time. So, obviously the last three, including this year, the last three years, we've seen quarterbacks take jumps out of nowhere. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, now Jared Burrow. Do you, not to this extent, being like a top pick, but do you think Kyle Trask has that ability to do it? No. No? I don't. And I think, to, like, 
to back that up even further, Clayton, is we saw three transfers do it because Baker was a transfer, even though it wasn't immediate. Kyler was a transfer. Joe was a transfer. So I, I know everybody's like, oh, my God, is Jamie Newman the next first overall pick Heisman Trophy winner? And I like Jamie, and I think Kyle Trask is a good player, but I, I just don't see that level. I think next year especially, and I, I know in a year somebody's going to cold take me on this, it feels like next year's quarterback class is so solidified because of Trevor Lawrence, because of Justin Fields, because of Jamie Newman, and you can throw whoever else you want in there, Sam Elgar, whoever. I think Trask is just going to have a hard time catching up to those guys because of uh, not even just style of play, just like talent. Like Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first overall pick next year. So could Trask like come out of nowhere and jump around? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to be a top five pick. No, yeah. I, I was thinking maybe like in the first round, like get into the first round conversation. I could see him doing it. I, that, I could see yes, that yeah. with Dan Mullen there returning to Florida, him having the traits that he does, I could see him going first round. Top 10 quarterback next year is going to be tough. Justin Fields could go off again. Trevor Lawrence will be a top five pick. I think he could throw 40 interceptions next year and be a top five pick. But I do like Trask, and I want to see what Dan Mullen can do with him. Yeah, and Clayton, I think you bring up a great point. You look at it, if someone asks us this same exact question the last year before Baker Mayfield's senior year, We'd sit here and go, well, yeah. hell no. Because at the end of or, or his Kyler year, Murray, though, we be, would say, well, that dude, he's a baseball player. Because there's Sam Darnold, because there's Josh Allen, Josh yeah. Rose, and all of those guys. And then you do it the next year with Kyler Murray, and you sit there and you laugh again, and you keep doing it. So I think the question's 100% valid, and, and I'm excited to see Trask. I, I don't have those expectations for him personally, but if something like that happened, in this day and age, the skyrocketing we've seen from quarterbacks. Nothing should surprise anymore. Nothing should surprise us anymore. Right. And he's in a program where, honestly, he should have a lot of success. If Derek King somehow goes to Miami and looks like Kyler Murray, we're going to be like, okay, well, shit, it's Derek King. You know, it's just the transfer portal has changed how, what we do so much and what the league does so much. And now you're also seeing this trend in the NFL of let's take what you're good at and we're going to put you in that system early in your career and then try to develop you on the fly. So with Kyle Trask, it's like, could he have success? Absolutely. And I think the end of last year was a really good like, foundation. Melo talks about you got to have hype. Kyle Trask has a good amount of hype going into next year. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, brother. Well, now I have that kind of my question. The last question of the night, our queen, <laughs> Melina Brown, who Hi, surprised guys. the hell out of me when she walked in here tonight. It was like, why are you in Mobile, Alabama? But here she is. It's really, really cute town. Very cute. Um, <laughs> That's definitely what you said right. before we were This recorded. town has a lot of personality. Uh-huh. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That's it. Um, I actually kind of have two questions. You can pick one. It doesn't matter. Um, one, Felipe Franks, because that news kind of just broke to me. So what do you guys feel about him going to Arkansas? And then my actual original question was Bryce Hall. Where do you see things going with that post-leg injury? I know there was a lot of buzz before it. I'll take the Bryce Hall. And, and you guys, you're the college we'll guy. We'll fight over the Felipe yeah, Franks right. yeah. I, I like Bryce. You're right. There was a lot of hype for him headed into the year. I thought last year he was a really like physical, strong technique corner who couldn't run very well. So now when you throw in the two breaks in the leg, I mean, that's not a great look. He's not going to be combine ready, I think, just because of the timing. So it's tough. Unfortunately, a guy like that is going to fall. So I get asked a lot about Bryce Hall in round two. I, I think that's very early for him unless – we get to the combine in a month and a half, and it's like, no, everything looks good. And then early April with his combine recheck, you're like, oh, no, things are progressing well. He might be ready to go for his rookie year. But I like Bryce. I personally think this is a really good corner class. And so the fact that he's not able to hit these 
tentpole events where you can help your stock is going to hurt him a little bit. Felipe Frank's transferring. I'll go in real quick. To me, it's Kelly Bryant transferring again. You know, it's like, oh, man, this big-name quarterback from SEC transferred to the SEC. Why did no one else want him? Where he right, couldn't like, beat out right, you Kyle Trask. No disrespect to Kyle, but, like, yeah. But, and so with Arkansas, I mean, we, we live close to there. We saw what happened with Chad Morris. I think it's just hard to be excited about that move. And it's hard to be productive in Arkansas, like in the SEC. You saw what they did last year. Uh, so it's a good move for them recruiting-wise, bringing in a guy like Franks. But even when I thought he was going to come out, I probably had him right on par like Nate Stanley. Yeah, that's very fair. Not here. So where's he going to go in next year's quarterback class that could be very deep? And I think when you look at him, you know, I think sometimes we – hold on to recruiting expectations too long. Franks comes out, and he's supposed to be, you know, not the savior of Florida, but the expectations were extremely high for him with the Gators. Yeah. yeah, and I think, did he meet those? No, a lot of kids can't. It's understandable, but I think sometimes we look at it and we go, we hold on to those, and can he revitalize Arkansas? I hope so, because Arkansas is a program that just feels so far behind right now, and we want them to be good. We openly we say that on the podcast. Yeah. Like, this was great this year for LSU to surpass Alabama, and, and hopefully more teams start to come into the mix like that. So I hope it works out. It's just that the expectation should not be extremely high. Parity in the SEC would be a great thing. 100%. But I and, don't know. and I think we're getting we're getting closer. Yeah, Florida could be really, really good next year. 100%. We just saw it happen in the state of Mississippi, which is Aub- fucking incredible. Auburn shows up right. all the time. Auburn's we know George tough. is not going Georgia. anywhere because they recruit with anyone. In and that defense, almost all of them are coming back. Jamie Newman might be, in, not to go off now on another ramp, but Jamie Newman might be an upgrade over from. So when you look at it, uh, yeah, he could be. Yeah. The upside's higher. Can he get Sage Surratt to come with him? That'd be great. Yeah, that would be nice. Although they got a, <laughs> they got a pretty late. good freshman wide receiver they there do. this year. Yep. They so, have a lot of running backs coming back. Keep him from punching people. So I, I want, yes, I want Arkansas to be good. And I hope it works out for Frank. Hell yeah. I mean, they're an hour from my house. I want Arkansas to be good. We'll tailgate with Justin Moore all day. Well, at, we at might anyway. We'll games. see about yeah. that. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys, so much. Thanks, and that's good SEC conversation. Those are things I'll keep an eye on. All right. That is our show for night one from Draft Picks. Don't forget, we will be back here Wednesday night at 730. And it's going to be a good time. Get your draft on draft questions. Now we Don't get to have some fun. Subscribe. We're going to have some fun. Apple Podcasts, YouTube, the BR app. We're going to be doing a ton of content all week long. So make sure you're following along on all the social medias. Is MySpace still a thing? Yeah. Hit us on there. Hit us on MySpace and LinkedIn. LinkedIn. There it is. Yeah, I don't have my password anymore. All right, guys. For Matt. For Matt. Yep. For Mello. For Matt. For Connor. I am Matt. We'll talk to you all real soon. Go Chiefs. Mm-hmm.